Hi. I got notes, 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 notes. Where's my other note? Here too, notes. I'm so excited. All right, let me make sure dogs are settled. I think they're gonna bark on us and I'm gonna need to call them back. Give me a second here. Okay, let's do this. So, honestly, after the heaviness of the crucifixion, I needed this resurrection today. So, we're obviously not going to read word for word. I hope you have read the chapter for yourself or listened to the chapter for yourself or something. I love this very much because I love defending the scripture. I love defending the word of God. And um, there are people who use the story of the resurrection. It, it blows my mind because to us, they are, um, it's it, the story of the resurrection is the, the trophy. It's the reward. It's the victorious. But people who are opponents of the word of God, they say that the the story of the resurrection um, through all the gospels is proof that the Bible is not accurate, that it contradicts each other. And that is just not at all true. And so we're going to take time and look at that right now. Um, Sir's already barking. Um, I thought I was getting a jump on things by going ahead and putting her outside. Hi, Bubs. Stay here. Thank you. Um, Okay, so we start off in chapter 28. We start off immediately with in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Uh, I am very aware because of Bible quizzing that the word is sepulcher. I used to say sepulchre, and those quizzers got me on my toes. I had to go re-sing every song that I did that I said sepulchre, and I had to go sing sepulchre. So anyway, I'm very aware of that word now. Um, okay, so a lot of cool things in here. They, they honored the Sabbath, even in the midst of their sorrow, even, uh, you know, they weren't remembering, they weren't uh, believing, whatever the case may be, that Jesus would rise again. And in the so they were waiting, though, for the Sabbath to go and take those spices for his body. And I, I love that honoring of the Sabbath. Um, it's just a super cool thing. But this, this is always so interesting. You've got Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. So I think I mentioned last, last uh, time we were studying about how I named Madison my son, Madison, um, and every, everybody else his age in his generation, there are so many girls named Madison. Like when my mom named my brother Jason, she thought she was picking a unique name and there are, you know, tons of Jasons. So evidently Mary was a very, very popular name. <laughs> oh, 
First of all, uh, Mary is derived from Miriam, Moses' sister. So um, they were naming their daughter, their daughters after that matriarch, Miriam, when they named their daughters Mary. Um, so you've got, here are all the Marys in the New Testament that the scripture talks about. You've got Mary who is the mother of Jesus. And I started writing down all the references and I'm, I knew that my, my real point was to get to the other Marys. And so I just, I didn't keep writing down hers. Um, you can find those for yourself, but Luke chapter one, Luke chapter two, and then I stopped looking for them. Then you have Mary Magdalene. Now we call her Mary Magdalene as in, as in, as if Magdalene were her surname, like her last name but she's actually from the town of Magdala. So she's Mary the Magdalene. So she's Mary, this Mary is from the town of Magdala. So they always reference her as Mary Magdalene. Um, and then we have Mary of Bethany. Oh, let me go back and tell you some cool things about Mary Magdalene. Um, in John 19, 25, she's at the cross. In Luke 8, 2, um, she was possessed with seven demons and the Lord delivered her. Mark 15, 40, she's at the cross. Mark 15, 47, she's at the tomb. Um, and there is some thoughts about whether or not, and I've not studied it in detail, but there's some thoughts about whether there were two anointing Jesus, anointing Jesus feet things, you know, one with tears, one with, with ointment, um, I think that's the case. I think she was one of them. And the other Mary we we're about to talk about is a second Mary. But anyway, Mary Magdalene is an, is an important Mary for sure. Then you have Mary of Bethany. Mary of Bethany is Lazarus' sister. And um, we find one of her stories in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. This is where Martha says, you know, why, why, why would you make my sister come help me? <laughs> and Jesus says she's chosen the good part. Um, and then, you know, this is something to remember that as these, as these people were telling us, whether you say telling us the story or giving us the information, however you want to word it, they didn't necessarily do it in chronological order. And so we have, um, in Luke chapter 11, we have, we have um, talking about Mary of Bethany, where John lets us know it was this Mary, Lazarus's sister, who anointed um, Christ's feet. And then John chapter 12, we have the story of her anointing his feet. So chapter 11, he's, he lets us know it's this Mary that anointed Christ's feet. And then John 12 is the actual story of it happening. And then the other Mary that we have is Mary, wife of um, Cleophas is how the KJV writes his name. Clopas is how it's written in like other newer versions um, because it's the, the, the spelling in the New Testament and the Greek is like K-L-O-P-O-S or something like that. So Clopas is probably how you pronounce that, but in the KJV, it's written as Cleophas. And this, this woman, Mary, wife of Clopas or Cleophas is 
mentioned in John 19, 25. And it specifically says that that this Mary is the um, sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay? So you've got Mary of Clophus. But now it says sister. It's likely the sister-in-law because she's the... Why would a parent name two daughters Mary? Um, But because it defines her as the wife of, it's likely that Joseph and Cleophas were brothers. Joseph, you know, the one who married Mary and had all those children that we talked about. Matter of fact, I have all those children. No, 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 that's not it. Anyway, I, I did. I went back and looked at all the children because I had something to confirm. But anyway, Joseph and Cleophas were were brothers and this Mary the wife of Cleophas was Mar- Mary's Jesus Mary's sister-in-law then you've got Mary the mother of Mark the Bible often calls him John called Mark John called Mark um, and then this Mary is mentioned in Acts 12 12 and in Romans 16 6 so um in Matthew Twenty-seven fifty-six. you've got a Mary and it defines her as the mother of James and Joseph. And we know this is the same Mary in Matthew 27, 56, as in Mark 15, 40, because this Mary is called the mother of James, the younger and of Joseph. So when it says mother of James and Joseph, mother of James the Younger and of Joseph, this is the same Mary. She's got two children named James and Joseph, which is why I went to look up um, Jesus' uh, siblings' names. Let's see if I can see it quickly. Maybe I put it where the postcard is. It is. It's where my postcard is. Right here. I did. I had to do some research into that Mary, mother of James and Joseph. Um, because Jesus' mother, Mary, also had sons named James and Joseph. And you, if you're wanting to reference that, that's uh, Matthew 13, uh, 55 and 56. So Jesus had half-brothers named James and Joseph. So I had to go confirm that this mother, this Mary, who was the mother of James and Joseph, was not actually talking about Mary, Jesus' mother. And it's not. And we know that because James is defined as James the Younger. Man, all these people. It's a good thing we all have family names now to decipher ourselves. So, um, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. This is so funny. The other Mary. Yeah, there is all kinds of speculation as to who the other Mary was. I Nobody believes that they would refer to the other Mary as Jesus' mother. Um, She's not referred to that in any other passage. She's just referred to as Mary, sometimes Jesus' mother. Um, But she's, she's never referred to as the other Mary until we suddenly have all these other Marys in place. And so the other Mary could have been um, Mary, wife of Cephas, um, Mary of Bethany, that's who people suppose most it is, the other Mary being Mary of Bethany or Mary, wife of Cleophas. Okay, 
So because of this, because of all this, Mary, and because people say that the Bible contradicts itself, because the story of the resurrection has different layers to it. And that really is what's going on. So here is where you might want to write these down to go read them for yourself. Or you can just trust me, whatever you want. But I, I, I like it when you don't just trust me. I like it when you go study yourself. But you'll find these the story of the resurrection in Matthew 28, 1 through 8, which is what we read today. And in that story, you've got Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and then you've got the angel speaking unto the women. It specifically says that the angel spake unto the women. And the angel said, go tell the disciples. And then Jesus met them in the way. In Mark 16, Mark also tells the story with Mary Magdalene there. Mary, Mark defines this, the other Mary as Mary, mother of James. So that's this mother right here, wife of Cleophas. So that's who the other Mary is. Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James. That's who the other Mary is. And Mark mentions a woman named Salome. And they also see an angel. And the angel also says, go tell the disciples. And then in Luke 24, um, first of all, you've got, you need to go up to get a broader picture of what's going on. Just like um, in here, where is it at? Mary of Bethany. And here, John tells the story of the story of um, Lazarus's whole family, and just mentions in John eleven, this was the Mary that washed Jesus' feet. Then we actually get the story of Mary washing Jesus' feet in John chapter twelve. That same sort of thing happens here. In Luke 24, you've got the story of the resurrection, but you've got to go up to Luke 23, verses 49 and 55, to find out that the women which followed him from Galilee. So there's a whole group of women from Galilee, and not all of them are mentioned. But we know who was there from the previous chapter, we don't only look at Mark 24, we also look at Mark, I mean, not Mark, Luke. We also look at Luke 23, and we know it's the women who followed him from Galilee. And so, whereas Mark 16 mentions Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and Salome, Luke mentions Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and other women. So, that Luke doesn't mention Salome, doesn't mean that Mark was was making stuff up, and that Matthew doesn't mention Salome or Joanna, doesn't mean that Matthew was making stuff up. It's just that the whole picture was not given by one person. In fact, that is the beauty of the four Gospels. The four Gospels are like a beautiful layering of cakes. You've got the cake, then you've got some icing, then you've got some fruit, then you got another cake, then you got some icing, then you got some fruit. I mean, this is just a, a delectable um, concoction we have here. And then John 20, you've got... Uh, Mary Magdalene, and then you've got them telling the disciples, and you have the angels' visitation. And so when you look at all of these um, these 
references across the four gospels, they are not contradicting each other. Each one kind of, it's like, it's like taking a, um, binoculars and with every little tweak, you see the picture clearer and clearer and clearer. All four gospels were needed to make the picture extremely clear. And it's super, super cool. I love it so much. So, you know, I've said this before, but when you approach the Bible already believing there's, it's flawed, then, then you're going to look at these passages through those goggles. It's flawed. But when you believe it is the word of God, you're going to look at all of these passages and realize they simply make the picture clearer. God uses all four writings from four very different personality types, from, from uh, four uh, um, viewpoints, and gives us a very clear, clear picture. So Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, and John 20 are where all of the references of the resurrection is written at. And I will put all of those, tape all of those in later. So now we come over here to the end of the chapter and um, we've got what we call the Great Commission. And we're going to end with this. Um, not that, that we're going to end super shortly here. Don't, don't, mis don't mistake what I'm saying. But it is, again, it's another egg hunt. The same way that you, we needed to go to all of the Gospels to get this full picture. You need to go to all of the Gospels to get the full, clear picture of this Great Commission. So we have Matthew 28, um, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way even unto the end of the world. Now, this is super important to me because I happen to believe that 99% of Christianity, are you hearing me right now? I am calling out denominations, traditions, and Christianity. <laughs> when they baptize people, they literally quote this phrase. They say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. They quote this phrase. And I appreciate the efforts, but that is not what we see the apostles doing. Let's go straight right now over to what I mark here. Mark, no, let's go straight to Acts. Give me some Acts, Acts, give me some Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts, Acts. Give me some Acts, yo, give me some Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, give me some Acts. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said, Peter's preaching the first sermon after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Peter said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you continue to read through the book of Acts, not one time 
Do you find the apostles baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Not once. Why? Why did Christianity default to this one verse? Why? It's, it's heartbreaking, especially when you read the book of Acts and the, the apostles. One or two things happened. Either the apostles disregarded this and ignored this and did not baptize anybody in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Or since every time they baptized in the book of Acts, they baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or in the name of our Lord Jesus. Every time they baptized where we where we see the example where of, of what they said. Either they disregarded Jesus saying this or Jesus didn't mean to quote this exact phrase. And you have to look at all four gospels to know the whole story. Just like you need to look at all four gospels to know the story of the tomb. You've got to look at all four gospels. So this Matthew 28, 19 happens in Mark. It happens in Luke. It happens in John. And then we see it for the first time, although multiple times, but I only wrote down the first time in Acts. So in Matthew 28, 19, go ye into all the world. He said, go ye therefore, go ye, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them, there we go, teach all nations, to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So the, the kind of extra thing Matthew lets us know is he told them what to teach. Teach them all the things that I've, I've commanded you. And um, don't forget I'm with you always. In Mark 16, Mark 16 verses 15 through 20, Okay, Jesus says, go ye into all the world, same thing, right? Preach, and this one, he says preach, and this one, he says teach. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and, believeth and is baptized, so we've got baptism mentioned again. Shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. These shine shall follow them that believe. And then all these miraculous things happen. So the extra thing that Mark puts here is just like Matthew put this extra, Mark put this extra. I don't mean they tagged onto what he said. I mean, Matthew didn't write this part. He wrote teaching them to observe all things. I'm not, I'm not saying that Matthew deliberately didn't, didn't write it down. I'm saying that we need all four gospels to get a, complete clear picture and mark wrote about jesus promising the miraculous luke luke 24 rightly dividing the word of god here a little there a little precept upon precept uh let's see matthew 24 we've got 46 through 51 Um, okay, so he said here, let's get a different color. He said here, are we in camera still? We are. Um, thus it is written. Again, we got stuff 
out of order, just like we had things out of order here when we're talking about Mary um, of Bethany, right here, talking about Mary of Bethany. Things don't go in chronological order every time, all the time. And so in Luke 24, it is written, it behooved Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. So we've got, first of all, we've got preaching. Um, among all nations, that's what I'm looking for. Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So we've got preaching among all nations happening right here. Go ye into all the world right here. Go ye into all the world right here and teach all nations right here. Same commission everywhere. And then he says, Rep repentance and remission of sins. So we know, of course, you've got repentance being preached, but remission of sins, this is a reference to baptism. And we know that from studying Acts. He said, be baptized for the remission of sins. So we've got remission of sins right here. And we've got Jesus saying remission of sins right here. And it's to be preached. Remission of sins should be preached in his name. That's what Peter did. Be baptized for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's the same commission being carried out. Um, let's see. Baptism is here. Baptism is here. And then you've got the promise of the Holy Ghost happening here. He, um, I'm looking for it because I want to read it. Your witnesses of me. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Okay? So they've got this extra tag in right here. It's the promise of the Holy Ghost. All of these, all of these writers are giving us clearer understanding and insight. And so let's look at John as the last and fourth of the um, Gospels. We've got John 20. All right, hey. Um, so John 20 verses 21. Jesus said, um, "My, even as my father sent me, even so send I you. Okay? So that is, go ye. You're being sent. And that's what he said. And that's what he said. And that's what he said. All of them done said this. I send you just as my father sent me, even so I send you. And then we've got... Um, a command to receive the Holy Ghost. When he breathed on them, he saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is a command to receive. And that's important. A command, it's a command. He said unto them. This is a commandment for them. It's a command, but it's, it's a gift. And as a matter of fact, Peter calls it a gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a command to, to receive. And then, um, verse 23, John records it as, whosoever sins ye remit, we've got this word remit again, just like Luke 
told about remission of sins. And we know that remission of sins is talking about baptism because Peter said, be baptized for the remission of your sins. Okay. So, Great Commission does not end with Matthew 28, 19. The Great Commission is mentioned in every single gospel. And it's important the way we're baptized. It is so important how we're baptized. When I was in uh, Korea, I was trying to convey to my Korean friend um, how important your family name is. You take on your husband's name when you get married. I spent about 45 minutes to an hour teaching my Korean friend how important it was to be baptized in Jesus' name because just like a wife takes on her her husband's name. Well, <laughs> in Korea, you don't take your husband's name. You don't take your husband's name. It's actually even more powerful than the, than the uh, culture that we have in the U.S. In Asian cultures, you don't take your husband's name, but the children never lose the father's name. The children never lose their father's name. Every child that's born takes their father's name and they never lose it, be they male or female. They always have their father's name. It doesn't matter how you want to talk about the importance of a name. We all know how important a name is. Let me tell you how confusing a name is if you don't have the right name. Let me just tell you. Right here, Mary, 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 Mary. The right name is important. And how you are defined is important. Are you Mary, the mother of Jesus? Or are you Mary Magdalene? Or are you Mary of Bethany? Or are you Mary, wife of Cephas? Or are you Mary, mother of Mark? Are you baptized in the name of Jesus? Or are you baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Because Jesus was very clear that all power in heaven and earth was given to him. The power has always been, will always be in the name. The name carries the authority. And so when you are baptized, when you are explaining to your family members the importance of being baptized in the name of Jesus, it's important that you understand yourself the importance of a name. How are you identified? How are you identified? We are not going to identify with just tradition or just denominations. I'm not trying to get you into a denomination. I'm trying to get you baptized the way they baptize every person throughout the book of Acts. Every time they baptized. They baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every single time. Go look through Acts. It's wonderful. All right, that's all for today. I love all this cross-reference. Oh, so exciting. Have a great day. God bless.